0: Welcome to episode 55 of the process Do you
1: in my life I had to learn my lessons I had to keep that smile but deep inside I'm stressing trying to keep my spirits from that deep depression it's time to tighten up I put my pride down and pick that bible up welcome to episode 55 of the process podcast I am Quayvon Taylor and I am Monte Martin
0: today we have miss Bionna Rogers on the podcast welcome to the podcast Bionna
2: hey how y'all doing
0: Could you tell the listeners where you are from
2: so I'm originally from Rochester, New York, but I grew up in Tallahassee, Florida.
0: Eight five oh, could you could you tell <laughs> listeners What was it like growing up in Tallahassee? Who?
2: Tally was Tally was Tally got better as you got older. So I went to like um I went to my family moved to Tallahassee when I was like nine. So I did a little elementary school and middle school. But once I got to high school, that's when I really got to like take advantage of Tallahassee. Um, you know, if you grew up in Tallahassee, you were probably on campus a lot earlier than you was probably supposed to. But um, it just kind of like, it being in that college town kind of just motivated me and really made me want to go to college. That's what it was like in Tallahassee.
0: So growing up in Tallahassee, you say you spent a lot of time on campus. Uh, Mm-hmm. You know, did you always want to go to FAMU? Was that, like, one of your aspirations? Or, you know, what were you looking to do once you got into school?
2: No. Um, so, because I grew up in New York, and well, I was born in New York, and I spent a lot of time, like, going back and forth once uh, my family moved to Florida. I wanted to go to school up north, but then once I got to high school, I did um, – if you in Tallahassee or you went to, like, high school in Tallahassee, they had upper bound, crop like all these different summer programs. And I did a program with the SBI, with the School of Business and Industry over the summer. And then I also did a dance uh, camp with the Family Strikers in Mahogany. So being on campus during that time, like over that summer, I was just like, oh, I'm definitely going to family. It was like a, it was like, it was the game changer that I needed to decide where I was gonna go because I had like some of my friends talking about Florida State. And I really didn't know where I wanted to go I just knew that I wanted to go to college because I was the first person in my family to go to college but once um I kind of like looked into fam for real I was like oh yeah this is where I'm going and then I I grew up watching a different world so that's one of my favorite shows so I wanted that HBCU experience but I didn't realize it until I got introduced to fam
0: for real for real (laughs) so what were you involved in you know during high school are you playing any sports any athletes anything like that
2: Yes. Um, in middle school, I was very, very sports heavy and I played the clarinet and band. And I did like all district honor band. Um, I was just very competitive with with music and with sports. But when I got to high school, it kind of changed. I started dancing um, in the band. And so I still play. I played black football and I ran track. Um, But I stopped playing, like, uh, softball, and um, I stopped playing basketball. But I played flag football all throughout high school. Um, I played – I ran track, I think, my junior or senior year. But I danced all throughout high school, too. And that kind of transitioned me into going into FAM. I danced for Mahogany and, like, danced throughout my whole matriculation at FAM.
1: Being from from Tallahassee, uh, what was that transition like for you going to FAMU?
2: It was – so – (laughs) A lot of people call me Google Me. That's a nickname I have because I went to high school in Tallahassee. I used to be on campus sometimes while I was in my senior year of high school a lot. And I knew a lot of people before I even got to them. And so it was just like, if you, when I, the clubs and organizations I started to join like my freshman year, they'll be like, how do you know everybody already? And you are a freshman, you just got here. I'm just like, you live in Tally. and then especially people that were very like outgoing in high school, like you just kind of keep, like I just kind of kept that same energy when I got to college. And um, for me, it was a smoother transition because I had my mom down the street, but as far as like the relationships and stuff that I had, it was, it was very beneficial for me being from uh, Tallahassee and going to FAM.
1: So going to fam, you what was your major and why did you choose that major?
2: My major was theater. Um, and I chose theater because I love acting. Um, I love writing. Uh, I'm very like, anybody that knows me, I'm quick to bust out with a movie script. Like, it's just something that comes very natural to me. And I didn't even know that you can actually major in theater. Um, when I was in high school and I did the the summer camp that I talked about um, with the Family Strikers and Mahogany, one of the strikers was like, Oh, I'm majoring in theater. And I'm like, How? Like, I didn't I thought you had to go like to New York City to uh major in theater, but I didn't. And so um, I majored in theater. I was a part of the Family Essential Theater um, and at FAM. And it was it was one of the best decisions I ever made.
0: Did you did you have any like struggles, you know, majoring in theater?
2: Yes. My struggle. I had struggles because I was trying to be involved in so much and the theater is very demanding. Like they, uh, you can't do nothing else. Why you, like you barely can keep, you can barely have a job because they, I'm not gonna lie, I used to tell people, I felt like if you were in SBI, you got like all the tools to help you succeed post, uh, post-graduation. But I didn't realize until after I graduated that the theater was doing the same thing for me. Um, I just didn't pay attention to it at the time. Um, It took me a little longer to graduate than most um, because I wasn't realizing, like, they were trying to set me up for success, and I was trying to be involved with everything at the same time. But um, once I kind of slowed down, kind of got over those obstacles, um, I was supposed to graduate in 2012, um, I ended up graduating in 2014. The theater program, we had lost some of like, um, I think School of Arts and Science after the, um, what was it? want to say it was after the whole Robert Champion thing. A lot of schools started to lose funding. So our classes wasn't offered as many times a semester. So I took my senior project class. The semester before I was supposed to graduate, I failed it. So it was like, I can't take it again until the following year to like kind of prolonged my graduation but it was it was all because I was trying to be involved in so much stuff but I don't regret it.
0: So what advice would you give to like an incoming freshman or someone who may be interested in um, pursuing a career in theater especially at Florida A&M um, as far as like pursuing uh, career goals or anything like that?
2: If you are going to major in theater you got to be all about theater at PAM. You have to um they will set you up for success, but you gotta be about your craft. You gotta study. You have to, you, you have to always be learning something new. But if you like, if I had to give just advice to anybody who's just wanting to go to college, my biggest thing, and I tell this to anybody, get involved, get involved in like extracurricular activities. When I tell you. A lot of the opportunities I have been uh, fortunate to have, it's all because I was involved in extracurricular activities and those activities caused me to meet people who have just like helped with my success today.
0: Overall, how was your experience at FAMU?
2: It was, my experience at FAMU was life changing. Um, I I accomplished so much um, that I didn't think I could accomplish. Um, I set standards for my family. I was the first person to graduate from a college. Um, I made, like, the relationships. That's one of the most rewarding things, the relationships that I have made, um, from fam. Um, just, it was just amazing. Like, I crossed AKA at fams. I had a ton of dance sisters with Mahogany. Um, I modeled. It was just, like, so much that I did that, like, now it's it's so rewarding to know that i i actually took advantage of my not only my college education but my
1: college experience so after you graduated from famu what was next
2: i um when i graduated i didn't have a job right out of graduation i um, ended up getting a job working for wells fargo so i was in the corporate space i um i kind of moved up the corporate ladder and it transitioned me to atlanta I was working way out in a country town in Atlanta. It was very racist. They were not used to uh, someone as young as uh, me at the time, especially like a black woman uh, in the field that I was in like finance and like being a banker. So it was just like, it was a bad experience for me. So I ended up leaving and I was like, I didn't want to work in corporate anymore, but I still, you know, I had bills. So I was working in sales, working some sales jobs, Um, And eventually, I landed uh, the job that I have now, uh, which is a member events director at the Gathering Spot, a Black-owned private membership club uh, based out of Atlanta. We have locations in uh, D.C. by the end of the year and then L.A. early next year. So, like, that's where I am now, but I didn't expect to be here,
1: (laughs) honestly. So how was the transition from the hill to corporate America?
2: That's one thing I can say. I think FanU does prepare um it's students for corporate America um we all like y'all know FAMU we have we have our, our family greeting we're very cultured we're very um we're very transparent people and like I feel like we know how to um how to hold ourselves to a certain standard for any job one of the things I love most about being in the theater program is that you have to take improv and that's one of the, the courses that I have taken that has helped me with everything that I've done because you have to know how to do stuff on the spot. And with corporate America, you never know what may come your way. And um, that what I learned at you definitely prepared me for it.
0: So how did you know, you know corporate America what kind of wasn't for you? And how did you get to the, the position you are in today?
2: So I knew corporate America wasn't for me uh, when I didn't care. And, and I hate to say that, but, like, I did not care. Like, the day I walked out of Wells Fargo, I was like, you know what? I will struggle. I'll do what I have to do. But I don't. It's like when you, we have to be twice as good <laughs> um, and work twice as hard to kind of get half of what they have. And, you know, and it, and I hate that mindset. And so while I was there, I was just like, I don't think this is for me. And I was like, look, I want to work with people that look like me. And I don't know why that was important to me. Uh, and, and it, it wasn't so much that like they could relate to me, but it's just like, I get tired of having to explain why I'm at the table or why I'm in the room. I ended up, like I, like I said, I was working some sales jobs. And then um, when I first moved to Atlanta, I had heard about where I am now, the gathering spot they're like oh it's black owned it's like a private membership club they have all the events it's like exclusive and i was like yo i got to get my foot in the door over there and i was like i'm one of those people i don't mind working from the ground and working my way up that's that's what i'm good at and when i went in for my interview um they ended up I went into work front desk and they was like, nah, me finding something else for her. She's like they realized like my strengths and my talents and um and created a position for me. And i just kind of been working my way up um and just showing my value and and it has definitely paid off.
0: So understanding kind of your value and what you bring to the table and leaving corporate America, you know, how satisfying was it to, you know, accomplish that goal of, of getting that job?
2: Man. It feels good. <laughs> it does because, like, I always tell people, and and I always think about this, like, for, like, our parents or our grandparents, you know, they worked jobs because they had to. They had to, like, um, provide for a family. And for me, I was just like, look, if you ever get to a place where you love what you do, it, like, I always said, I wanna be in a place where I love what I do so it doesn't feel like work. And I'm finally there. And it's, it's so satisfying that it's just like, yo, I don't even have to, I get to create. I get to, it's like, a, like everybody always says I have the best job. Like our, our co-founder said that, uh, yesterday, he said, you have the best job. You get to create for the culture. We're deeply rooted in culture at, at The Gathering Spot. So it's like, I get to, Do this for a community, for people that look like me. Like, and it's just like, it can't get much better than that.
1: What advice would you give to someone looking for a career that doesn't seem like work and where they feel valued?
2: I would tell them to kind of figure out what your passion is and what what you love. Because for me, my passion is people. I love people. I love people. I have a passion for people but I have a passion for creating memorable experience for people. Any of my friends come to Atlanta, they know I'm a cook. They know I'm gonna make up a game. I'm like very hospitable. And when I realize, like when I, when you marry your passion and your love together, like, and things that you're good at, like you get, you get what it is you're supposed to be doing. And it doesn't feel like work. Like I, I've been at work sometimes, like today I went to work at seven and left about six and I didn't care because it's what I love doing. I know that I was like, it, it, it was, it meant something to me. Like I, it's like I asked God for this. I asked for a career to where I wouldn't feel like it was working. and I got it. So I have to be appreciative of it. But if you can like find the thing you love, find the thing that you um are passionate about and that you're good at, go for it. And then the value part is just like you have to. You have to acknowledge your, know your value, acknowledge your value, because then everybody else will.
0: So our our podcast is called the Process Podcast. Uh, what does trust in the process mean to you?
2: Yeah, for me, trust in the process is. It sounds cliche, but it's just like never giving up for real. If you know you want to do something, it doesn't matter if it's delayed. Like if you know you want to do it and you put in the work. Then it's just like, if you put in the work to do it, you've got you set your mind to something. If it don't happen, that's on you. <laughs> like, you gotta trust that what's for you is for you. As long as you work hard, you are gonna get your results.
1: Being a little older now, what is one big advice that you would give to your younger self?
2: I would give my younger self the advice of, making your own choices with everything that you do. Um I was like I was thinking about like somebody had asked me that too like what would you give your advice would you give your younger self? And before I was just like listen to your parents because I think about a lot of the mistakes I made. My mom told me not to make them. But then I thought, you know, sometimes you have to make those mistakes on your own because you're not gonna learn from them unless it like actually happens to you. Sometimes you gotta go through some stuff. But if you make your own choices and put yourself first, that's the other one. Make your own choices and put yourself first. I had a, I uh, I was really bad at that. I would put a lot of, I'm a cancer. I'm loving, I'm caring. I would put a lot of people before myself. Um, I would try my hardest to make other people's dreams come true and put mine on the back burner. And, and someone told me, like, one of my friends acknowledged it and told me, like, yo, you need to stop doing that because you try so hard. And then I was like, you know what? It's real. And it. That's like the biggest thing. If I could, if I would have put myself first and made my own choices, I probably, um, I think that's why I am now the, the way I am. That's why I'm like, my mindset has, has changed because I, I went through, I went through some, whew, I went through some tough times. 2018 was a very rough year for me. but in 2019, I, I I dedicated that year to just focus on me completely. And when I did that, my life just, it just went up.
0: So, so growing through those tough times, you mentioned, you said you went through a tough time in 2018. You know, What did you learn about yourself during that time?
2: That I, I how strong I was. Because yeah. I, I, y'all, I, and me being transparent, I had, and if this is probably the second time I'm saying this. I said it in, the, uh, <laughs> I think last year, I did a, a Atlanta Magazine interview. And um, in 2018, I went through a very, very rough uh, patch. I lost my job. I was laid off. Um, I had just moved. I um, I was uh, like I lost my apartment, lost my job. Um, if something else bad had happened. It was just like the whole year 2018, and it was just like relationship was shot. It was just like any everything in my life was just bad. And I was like, in order to get different results, you got to do things differently. And so I promised myself, I was like, look, 2019, you're not doing nothing for nobody but you. Like, like I focused, I did not date. (laughs) I focused on me and I excelled so much in my career. I grew so much as a woman and it was like a game changer. And I was like, yo, like if you really sit down and sometimes like when you're in a space to kind of be selfish, I was never selfish. And sometimes it's okay to be selfish.
0: Yeah. And me being
2: selfish helped me out.
0: Yeah. I think, I think in that sense, you have to be selfish. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of what you did with Wells Fargo, or, or leaving that and jumping out on faith, and kind of going to the place where you are now. You know what I mean? You got to be that way. Um, so, what's next for you? Where do you see yourself? You see yourself growing with the company? Where do you see yourself going?
2: Yeah, I do. Um, I keep um, telling them. So, we have our our DC location getting ready to open. I've been helping out there, and in our LA location, I do. Um, I do want to uh grow within the company i do want to uh venture into my own uh personal um ventures like i um i love television and film that's one thing that i love from the theater love television and film um i'm always making up trivia for television and film um so i'm working on a card game like a a card game i was going to do an app but um, I decided on a card game, so I'm working on that. It's a couple different card games, but um, that's something that I have a passion for. Um, so that too, it, it just comes easy to me. But um, I'm working on that, trying to uh, trying to get that out there. But um, I'm also still trying to grow my company, and, um, just grow as a person. Hopefully a husband and kids is in there soon too, <laughs> but <laughs> for right now, it's just me. <laughs>
0: So I want to I ask, you know, coming from FAMU, being so involved, um, and then transitioning to Atlanta, you know, what advice would you give to someone transitioning from, from undergrad to kind of like the real world? Because you know it's a, it's a totally different experience.
2: Yes, definitely. Um, I would say the relationship, like, the relationships that you um, created in college, make sure you keep those relationships as you transition into the real world because it's, ooh, it's not always what you know. It's not always who you know. It's who knows you. And you want to make sure that you are staying connected because, honestly, that is how a lot of, of like I said, a lot of opportunities I have gotten have been just based off my relationships that I had from college. And I think there's so many, especially FAMU, there's so many of us rattlers doing bomb stuff all over the country. And it's just like, if you like, a lot of times, a lot of times it just takes FAMU being on your resume. I've been at my job multiple times and people be like, oh, she went to FAMU. And, and, and relationships just form just like that. So make sure like you keep on track of your relationships. Yeah, they're there for you. Use them.
0: I want to ask, how do you do that, though, like, as a fellow uh, Rattler? <laughs>
2: make sure, like, so, believe it or not, the um, most Facebook groups, first off, after you graduate, make sure you're getting somebody alumni chapter. If you in D.C., if you in Tallahassee, wherever you are, get into Sam, um, get um National NAA, please, because we got to make sure we are giving back. Whatever school you go to, make sure you become part of your uh, your school's alumni. But um, that's one way. And then just, you gotta get out there too. A lot of people are are sometimes, are not used to networking or being personable. And that's something like, you just have to grow into. Um, But definitely like, when you know that there's, cause a lot of us live in like big, well, most of us live in like big cities. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> or cities where you know they have alumni base, um, make sure you go to like whatever it is they're having to just get connected. Um, get on LinkedIn, look in like, look at who's in your city, or like, you know, just kind of like surf the research. We, you know, just because you out of school, don't mean you can't research stuff, you
1: know. Are there any lasting words you want to leave with our listeners?
2: Lasting words. I would say, uh, first, thank y'all for having me. <laughs> but uh, for the listeners, I just encourage everybody to kind of just like, do you. Do you. Give it your all. Um, if there's something that you want to do, do it. If there's, if there's something that you want to do and you know somebody that does it, ask them can you shadow them ask you can you ask them can they mentor you but if you are going to do that make sure you're ready to be a mentee like don't take no for an answer be a go-getter like and just remember who you are sometimes i have to tell myself that look in the mirror and remember who the you know you are because there's nobody like you and and that's that own that <laughs>
0: So where can the listeners, you know, find you on social medias and things like that to reach out to connect to you?
2: Oh, I am on Instagram at Brianna Levon underscore B-R-I-A-U-N-A-L A V as in violin O N N E underscore. I'm Brianna Levant on Twitter. Don't go on my Twitter unless you my Twitter is funny. I'm sorry. I just <laughs> Don't go in there for no job or anything. And then I have a LinkedIn. This is Brianna Rogers on LinkedIn. This episode was brought to you by Overcome Achieve Clothing. Allow what you have overcome to fuel the flame of persistence as you face and conquer your next challenge. Wear your truth. Overcome.
0: Trust the process. Trust the process. Trust the
1: process. I think the main thing for me was trying to decide on who am I and like what I want to be and how I want to be remembered. Like that was my thing. You know, oftentimes I think about like my legacy and like the mark that I want to leave, not only on the industry, but the effect that I want to leave on people being a whole human being, going through my obstacles, going through the things that I'm going through. And not to only broadcast these things, but for it to inspire change.